This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today we've got a fun episode. This is episode 352, and my guest is Isaiah Jewett. Isaiah had a massive year in 2021. He won the NCAA championships, and the time he ran at those championships made him the number one time of all time at USC, where he went to school. And just 10 days later, he finished second at the Olympic trials in the 800 meters to make the Olympic team for the first time. He made it to the semifinals at the Olympics and had an unfortunate fall with Nigel Amos and didn't advance to the final, but had an amazing Olympic experience. And you're going to hear all about it in this episode. Big, big year for him this past year and so much on the horizon. He's going to be announcing a sponsorship soon, which he talks about in this episode. And he also shares with us what some of his other passions are outside of running. And I'm ready for this guy to be a motivational speaker. He knows what he's doing. Such a fun episode. And I've wanted to talk to him since I saw him compete at the trials this summer. Just so boldly the way that he raced that event. Uh, This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex and Look, if you are looking for a place to find a good multivitamin that is legit, full of minerals and antioxidants, you need to check out their multivitamin. You can just get it delivered to your mailbox every month. Prevenex has the most comprehensive and complete multivitamin on the market. They source from the highest quality, most clinically effective ingredients at levels where studies show you get clinical benefits. And if you don't feel the difference, they will give you your money back. This is a brand that I really believe in. I am super passionate about all they have to offer and all they're doing around the world. They also have an incredible joint supplement that if you have any sort of joint pain, I highly recommend giving it a try. The Joint Health Plus offers the most comprehensive and complete joint protection relief on the market. I've had so many people reach out and tell me how much better they're feeling once they started taking Joint Health Plus. I take it every single day. And we also love the protein powder from Prevenex. I've been really using it because I've been on the go a lot. So I just shake it up with some water in between workouts and running to pick up my kids from school. Uh, But it's also delicious in smoothies. You can make so many different smoothies with it. Lastly, they have kids vitamins and they donate a bottle for every bottle you purchase to kids in need around the world. Just such a Such an awesome company doing great work to help people get healthy and products that really work. So go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that will get you 15% off your order. Check it out. Let me know what you think. All right, friends. And if you're loving the show, leave us a quick rating and review. I say that every single week, I know. uh, But it's truly, truly a huge help in potential new listeners finding the show. And we're always wanting to grow this podcast. I want to let you know we are taking a break week next week. So there will be no I'll have another dropping into your feed the week of Christmas. I just decided to give myself a breather, my amazing editor, Emma, a breather, and uh, we're just going to take the week off. So I hope that you're able to do that, too. If you're someone who doesn't have the opportunity, thank you so much for your hard work with whatever it is you're doing. You know, there's lots of people in the healthcare 
industry that are powering straight through the holidays. So uh, we're all super grateful for you. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Isaiah. Well, today on the podcast, we have Isaiah Jewett on the show. Welcome to the show, Isaiah. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I had so much fun watching you compete over the summer at the Olympics and the trials, and it was just really such a joy to see everything that you accomplished. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, it's been a long journey. <laughs> yeah, what what's going on in your life since the Olympics? Um, ooh, what's been going on? You know, I've been training, getting back into training and trying to make another world team. So that's my plan currently right now. Uh, I've been working on some animation stuff, um, trying to refine my skills as a whole. But just the biggest thing is like getting back on that world stage and showing who I am. I love it. Okay, tell me a little bit about this animation thing. Oh, yeah. So like one of my biggest passions that I have is uh, making animations and drawings and stuff like that. I like to create the stories mostly, but I've just recently got into the drawing aspect and creating the whole animation. So like, I also want to be able to create cartoons in the future. So like, this was like the building blocks to like figuring out how does that work? How does it how do I get into like the program and stuff like that? Like I've applied to a couple places just to um, see if I can pick a lot of animators uh, brains and see if I can get any information on like any help that I can get possibly or if I can create any animations and stuff like that because I want to be able to create my own cartoons one day. Okay that is so cool. So question did you I know you had a paper due like right after the trials that you like literally you make the Olympic team and you have to go finish this 10 page paper but did you graduate? Yes, I did graduate with my master's. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. What is your degree in? Um, project management. Okay. My master's degree is in project management, and then my undergrad degree is in uh, business, but minor in um, animation a little bit. Okay, so you have the minor in animation. I was going to say, as a child, when did you realize like you were into animation stuff, and what did you do as a kid to uh, help with the curiosity aspect of that? Well, um, what's kind of funny about that is, like, uh, I was always into, like, a lot of cartoons and stuff like that, but I was particularly intrigued with, like, Japanese animation, and it actually started with the first, the books, because originally I was um, a slow reader, and then they were trying to, like, you know, hold me back, and my mom was like, no, no, he's good, he just needs to practice more, and I don't know, regular books didn't really do it for me. So comic books didn't even do it for me as well. But then my mom gave me these Japanese manga, cause basically, and I, um, I just fell in love with them. And I was able to read a lot faster after that, because I just kept on reading different stuff. And then that got me into like the Japanese animation and the stories. And like growing up, hearing the stories from, you know, these different creators, hearing how like, you know, people came from the bottom and worked their way up and like came from nowhere. It like inspired me to keep moving forward and keep pushing myself in like whatever sport or anything I was doing. Now, when I was that age, I didn't really think about like, you know, doing this as a profession in the future, but it was just as a catalyst or inspiration 
to push me in the sport I was doing, which was track and field. And I used it as motivation to just live my life as the fullest and follow my dreams. It wasn't until I got to college until I, where I figured out exactly like, huh, you know, there's people that make these shows. And I realized like, I want to make these shows to inspire people the same way I was inspired because it got me all the way here. And if I can inspire kids to do the same thing out of their circumstances that they're in, then I would be inspiring the world as well. So I wanted, as soon as I like got like halfway through college, like when I was transferring to SC, like one of these advisors kind of advised that to me. They were like, Hey, I see a lot of anime stuff you post. Like, have you ever thought of creating it? I was like, no, I I didn't. But now, now like all clicked, it all clicked. Like at that moment, I was like, wow, I can do the same thing uh for other people as well that it did for me that's so cool you know my oldest son i have a really hard time getting him to read as well and he's definitely behind in reading both of my older kids are and i think you know like the pandemic probably has a little bit to do with it oh yeah right but because like they you know right in those formative years where you're really learning to read first second grade is when they were out of the classroom but Everybody keeps telling me you need to just give him like some comic book type things to read because he will probably be more interested in that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that that worked for you. Oh, yeah, I worked very well. At that point, I was like already on the grade level and I was able to keep up with everybody else around. Um, I wasn't I mean, I love comic books because it it was just so much color at first because I was, you know, young. And then like, I just like the black and white because it's like clear to me, like the pictures and the movement. So that's why I fell in love with like the manga. And it's like a different way of reading too, because it's a different direction. So it kind of like stimulates my brain because they they read um, the opposite way in terms of the manga. It reads opposite way that we read. Okay. And And it comes from the left side instead of the no, it comes to the right side instead of the left side. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. I could be getting it backwards, but I know it's the opposite. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, it right like stimulates. Left. Yeah, yeah. It stimulates the brain a little bit and it had me going to where like when I came back to like the regular way, it was just easy to follow. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, okay, so well, you're an Olympian now. That's exciting. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wanna walk back to just the summer. I mean, honestly. When you were in the finals at the Olympic trials and you like led that race, I was like, as a spectator, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one thinking that I was like, what's he doing? He's leading this race, like right from the start. And I knew you had just won the NCAA championships. And so, you know, you were obviously super fit, but can you tell us, let's just start there. Let's talk about the Olympic trials a little bit and why you led the race and how you felt and all that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Olympic trials is definitely a crazy race. But I think that coming into the trials after nationals, because we were still in Oregon for that long period of time, like I was just trying to refine my race strategy as much as possible into where like, I'm giving everything I have, like my biggest thing for myself, like regardless of what the coaches, well, they, they wanted the same thing. But I'll <laughs> say like, this is mostly for myself, I wanted to be able to give everything that I had. And I was like, whether it was getting out slow or getting out fast, I wanted to make sure like you got a hundred percent me. And I showed 
all of me. And through the rounds, like it was a bit tricky to figure out like different places of my race strategy because I wanted to make sure that I'm giving everything that I had and I had to try different things. It was a little risky because, you know, I got third in the round before and barely made it in. But um, I think coming into the final round after like having like, okay, I know that that didn't work. And I know that this Mm. is going to work. I was like, at the end of the day, this is my last like last straw. So when I got out for that race, like my coach told me that it was either going to go fast or it was either going to go slow. Like, but at the end of the day, like what's important is that I run the race that I want to run. Like that was the instructions that I was given. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure on me, you know? And I was like, so if I, if I lose, will I get in trouble? Cause essentially you're, I'm doing what you told me to do. But that's, that's another, that's another story. But um, yeah, I just, he just told me to be the best me that I can be. And what I wanted to do in that race was show who I am. So like, whether it was, like I said, whether it was getting out slow or getting out fast, I just knew that I wanted to run a strategy that was showing who I was. So I just literally like running that race, I just got out and I realized like I was in the front, but I was in my own world at that point. Like I totally just got into my own world and it didn't matter if somebody passed me or I was just alone. I was just trying to run my best race with everything that I have. Like like every time like I was going to the curve or to the straight, I was like, is this, is this how I want to run this? And then I run it that way, you know? So like coming into like the last hundred, I, I thought that, you know, somebody was going to come the time the last hundred, but I come off the turn and I look at the jumbo straw and I see that I'm in the front. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and then everything started to freak out. My body started to lock up because I was just freaking out. But it was just a crazy feeling going down that last hundred, like realizing like, wow, I'm about to make it. I, I have an opportunity to make it right here. And like, I, I think the last hundred's totally a blur because all I remember is looking at the Jumbotron and then freaking out. But then I crossed the line and I just couldn't believe it. I honestly just couldn't believe that I actually made the Olympic team. It's so amazing. And I feel like we could all see like your joy even in the race. And you talk, you talk about, you just said, like, I just needed to be completely me during that race. And then I heard you in your post-race interview talk about, um, like having fun with it and enjoying the experience. So when you're in those moments, how do you make sure you're like, you know, you said every, every corner I kept like checking myself and, and, but so like, how do you stay present? It's such a short race. Yeah. You know, you're all out for a minute, 45 seconds, 43 yeah. seconds in this case. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's, um, it's very hard. Um, it's a lot of convincing yourself and it gets difficult at some times because like you want to win or you're afraid someone's coming up on you or, you know, there's so many like things that can like throw you off your game. But like, I just think of it as a whole, like at the end of the day, like I'm racing and I'm having fun giving everything that I have. And I'm like, even if somebody were to come next to me, I'd be like, okay, well, this happened. Let's go. Like, even if I'm reacting or do something wrong, like the important thing is like, I'm doing the best that I can right now. Like I cannot, I can't control what everybody else does. And I can't control like, you know, if I get first or last sometimes, you know, I can't, I can't control that. I run a race where it's like, you know, 
there's a lot of uncertainties of what happens. I mean, the Olympics is a prime example of that. And, but what I can control and what I realized I can control is if I'm having fun, mm. if I'm here right now, if I'm going to push right here, am I going to relax right here? Like I, that's all under my control mm. as a whole. So if I know that I have like the control of my enjoyment or my, the control to react off certain things, then that's just fun to me because at that point I'm like just getting better. I'm just getting better on who I am and what I'm doing and the race strategy, like the race before, like when I got third, I was like, okay, I thought that I could do something, but I couldn't. And it was frustrating, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm having fun figuring it out. I think like Kobe said something very uh, motivational, which was the fact that like the, the victory isn't in the the actual the actual accomplishment it's in the journey and like for me like that journey of that frustration or happiness in between of like figuring out the race or like feeling smooth here or feeling good here um that's where the enjoyment is because it's like wow i'm i'm progressing regardless if you make a mistake or not you're progressing and seeing that it is a mistake or you're seeing that that did work, you know, and it's just like that whole progression. That's just so exciting because like, that's essentially what character development and creating these characters that I want to create is like, you're creating these like amazing people. And that's what track and field is why track and field is so amazing because you're gaining wisdom while racing and you're learning different things and you're becoming a better person or better racer. And you don't even know, it. like you're following just this dream and everybody has their own dreams. And it's just like, it's like I'm living in my own anime. That's so cool. How do you balance like the, the fun, exciting aspect, joyful aspect of it with like, I am also like the fiercest of fiercest competitors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Well, see, I actually came from a different person. Like I, when I was younger, I wasn't really that fast. Like I never made a junior Olympics team. I barely made state like on a relay and stuff like that. And even in college, like most of my biggest drops were near the end of my season. So like, I think for me, it's always, I've always had like deep within myself. I've always had like, I have to get up there. Like I have to be up there, but like now I'm not putting so much pressure on that. I'm putting like, the balance with that is like, since I already had that core of like, I already know I want to be the best. I already know that mm. the, what, what surrounds it is what person do I want to be while I'm the best. Mm. And that's how I kind of keep that uh, initial, initial core being of myself of like, okay, that's, that's kind of the balance for me. Cause it's like, I already have the core on how I want to be number one, how I want to be the best. Like that will never leave me just because the way I was raised and how I got into the sport and my whys and everything like that. But the biggest thing is like, okay, who do I want to become while I'm the best, you know? Wow. That's so beautiful. I think everybody needs to think about that. You know, you have all these like big goals with your career or whatever it is, um, you know, we're all facing or, you know, walking into different challenges or aspirations. And so it's like, when you get to where you want to be, well, A, are you, are you being the person you want to be during the journey? And then when you're there, say you make it to wherever there is, 
what kind of person are you during that time? It's not just about like where you made, where you made it to. It's about who you're, who you are while you're there. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Cause okay. it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Cause it's like, if what I think what a good thing is like, it helps bring your dreams, like makes it more, it helps bring, make your dreams more real because you're attaching the emotions you want to feel to it and your emotions to you are real. So if you can attach like, you know, the person you want to be and act like that person, you're actively becoming your dream mm. because that's the person you see. That's the person you see doing these accomplishments. Wow. Okay. So, um, I was listening to this podcast this morning and have you read the Mitch album books? Like the five people you meet in heaven Tuesdays with Maury. No, I don't think I read that. Okay. Well, super famous books. Like they came out in like the nineties, maybe early two thousands. And so okay. read them. I got to anyway. check it out. Yeah. I got to check it out. Check it out. Anyway, Mitch album. He's just, he's a really inspiring guy. He was talking about how, um, losing a, a couple people earlier in his life, like made him realize like, I don't want to wait until I'm 70 to like be the person that like I aspire to be right. Like I'm 37 now. Now he's like in his sixties, but like at the time I'm 37 now, that's when he wrote, um, Tuesdays with Maury, I think. And like, I need to make those changes right now. And I was actually listening to that this morning randomly. And then I was also at the same time, simultaneously like prepping for this interview. And I know you lost your brother eight years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I hearing this podcast right now for the, the purpose of this conversation I'm about to have with Isaiah, you know? And so I'm curious, what did like losing your brother, like, how did that change your perspective in life? Um, I think what surrounded like losing my brother and like changing my perspective as a whole was, uh, Ooh, the biggest thing like with him is he always lived out loud, like mm. no matter what anybody else think thought and cr how crazy it was, he lived his life out loud. And I think before when I was with him, I always was trying to be fit in and be like this kind of cool kid, you know? And I think from that moment when he was gone, I started to, live my life out loud like the goals that I had set for myself like I never became scared to say them like I'm not scared to tell you like right now because of him that my goal is to have an Olympic gold medal or a world championship medal and an Oscar mm. and I used to be afraid to say that because I was like, oh, everybody doesn't need to know that. And if you don't do it, then they're going to look at you differently. But that's not how my brother lived. He lived out loud. Like I said, he, he did everything he wanted and he became the person that he wanted. And if he didn't like the person he was, he just kept developing, you know? And yeah, I mean, that's really what he taught me. Just, don't be afraid to be the person that you want to be. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for being like, it's almost like when you have a big goal, like, you know, you mentioned the Oscar thing and it's like, if people are following your running career, they might not know that that's even part of your aspirations. And I think there's really something to be said for like, 
you get to a point where you feel like ashamed if you make some like big goal, like who does she think she is or who does he think he is? Yeah. And it's like being able to own that and also own the failure if it doesn't come, like it's, it's okay. But if you don't say it, how are you ever going to try to make it happen? Exactly. Wow. what What a gift he gave you. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he was an amazing guy. Like it didn't matter where he was. He, he always was himself. Like it didn't matter how embarrassing he was. He always like was the loudest person at my meets. And (laughs) I would tell him to be quiet. You're embarrassing me. But now like my family, like they, I, I I don't know if you ever like every time I'm on the line laughing, it's because they're sitting right there screaming in my ear, (laughs) but I'm not embarrassed of that type of stuff anymore because at the end of the day, they just love me. And they're just showing like, who, who cares what other people think about like, you know, my family loves me. That's, that's how much they love me. They'll scream when they say don't scream. They'll <laughs> yell when they say, Hey, keep it down. They're still gonna, they're gonna be them. I'm not gonna stop them being them. Did they lose their minds at the trials? Oh yeah, I lost their minds. I mean, here's the thing. My my family, what's great about my family is like they'll lose their minds if I was in first or last. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it it was pretty typical for either one. Uh let's talk about your mom a little bit because she's a badass in her own right, five time oh, yeah. all American. She is she still in her fifties, still competing? Yeah, she is. That's, She's still competing. She went to amazing. Masters, I think, in 2019 before COVID. She went to Peru and ran. Wow. What what event did she run? I know, I know. like, in school, she ran, like, one, two, the four. four. The four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what right is she now doing she's as a running uh, one and two. Okay. That's so, so freaking cool. So what, what did you learn from your mom about training and racing? Ooh, that's a good one. I learned so much from my mom. Oh my gosh. I think like even this accomplishment is like basically all for her because she's, Mm. she's taught me to, you know, believe in myself one. And basically if something doesn't work, then try something else. Mm. And I think what my mom instilled me at a young age, which was just like, which was having fun, like, make sure you're having fun. Because if you're like that devastated, and it's just like the end of the world, and you're not having fun, don't do it. Mm. Regardless of like what anybody says, like she says it or anything like that, like, but also aim for the best, like you also aim for number one. (laughs) She also always said aim for number one, because that's where the fun is, honestly. And that's the truth. I feel like going for number one, having these rivals, creating people like that, it's just super cool. And I think that like, I'm just super blessed that I had my mom in my life because she's gotten me out of a lot of situations to where like, you know, if coaches didn't believe in me and I told her, she's like, oh, cool, we're leaving. Mm. <laughs> and she's not afraid to say we're leaving, you know. And she also, you know, when there was times in between and I needed coaching, she would help me out, even though I was stubborn. <laughs> she helped me out the whole way. And like any advice, like if I told her that I was like feeling some type of way, she always tried to fix it, like say, okay, let's do this. Let's try and work on this. And I'm just super grateful for my mom because she's always giving me that perspective of like, you know, hey, you still, you still like, she keeps reminding me like, is this still your dream? Is this still what you're going for? And once that, that reminder of like, you know, that, Hey, is this still your dream? Is this still what you're doing? Just kept me pushing forward to 
accomplish my dream. And I don't think that I would have got here without her because she just kept pushing me. Wow. Yeah. There's something cool about that perspective, like making sure that you're having fun still, but it's okay that you want to be number one. Like that, that's still fun too. Yeah. And like pursuing that in a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. Because it's hard, especially when you're like a single parent, because she had to literally take care of four children by herself and still instill all these like, you know, thoughts into us to make sure we're successful in life. Because that's the only thing. Like she wants to make sure that we're all successful and we all graduate and we don't like, you know, do anything bad. (laughs) And I feel like she did a great job of like keeping us out of danger and keeping us in the best environment to where we belong. Like she, mm-hmm. she wants to, wanted us to know, like we belong in, in the top. We belong in the top, regardless if you're not good now or you will be like literally what I was talking about the grade level, like where they're like, Oh, I don't know if like, you know, he can continue on cause of this reading. No, he belongs. He belongs there. We just need a little, you know, he just need a little bit of help and we will we, get there. Trust me. And I think that's like the thing with our family, like, nope, we can, we can do it. If we really want to do it, we, we can do it. I need to interview your mom. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously, she's, she's so cool. Um, did you grow up in LA? Yes. Well, I grew up a little bit in Inglewood, California, but it's also like, you know, everything's like LA area. So Uh like I've been all around LA. What's that like? I can't imagine growing up there in that area and anywhere um, around LA. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I feel like I got everything that I wanted. I don't know. It's uh, okay. This is, I did live somewhere else for a year. So I do know a little bit of differences. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that act differently and there's a lot of individuality type things where you meet all sorts of different people rather than, you know, in other States, mm. you, you might come across like one or two different people, but there's literally a variety of different people. And that's what's, I think that's what's really cool about LA. Like you get that variety of different people where it's like you have people like, you know, on the come up or people that's already made it there or people that like this or people that like that. And they like, everybody lives kind of either secluded or out loud. Do you think you're a California lifer? Uh, uh, Yes. Yeah, I do. I like it. I do. I do see myself. I do see myself though, like moving for like a while, but I, I just see my life in California. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by ZocDoc. When you need a doctor, you need a doctor now, not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and definitely not in a few months. And if you need to see an MD ASAP, ZocDoc has a solution. You just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and you can be one of them. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or any specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health 
go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash another. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, okay, we got to get to the actual Olympics. Okay. I want to hear all the things about your life, but we do have to talk about the Olympics. Um, and, you know, making it to the semifinals and having that fall with uh, Botswana's Nigel Amos. And yeah. I remember watching it live, you know, watching it in, our, in my living room. And I was so excited for you and seeing that fall and thinking, no, no, no. How did that happen? Can you take us back to that moment? Uh, I mean, yeah, the fall was kind of, I don't know. It was, it wasn't devastating but it was kind of a shocker at first because I was running and I think I was actually having I felt free that race which is a little bit different than usual I, I usually like have fun like there's usually something different for each race but I just felt free for that race and as I was running like I got tripped up and then once I tripped and fell I was like this isn't me this this isn't me on the floor right now I'm still running but then I like fully fell and I was like oh yeah this is me this is <laughs> this is me right now and you know I was a little bit bummed for a second but I don't know I just got over it within seconds like when I saw my other competitor and I was like you know let's just finish the race man you know we did we did our best and up until this moment like I was feeling free and I was having fun so I'm I'm not too upset because one like I had fun to this moment. And even if this was like my last race, or even if I have more races, like it doesn't take away the fact that this race was fun for as long as I was in it. At, when you like stood up, you guys like help each other up and then you walk together. How did you decide? Like, we're going to jog it in. We're going to run it in hard. We're going to walk together. Like, how did you make that choice? <laughs> I just, um, I mean, I just helped him up and, you know, I feel like that was something raised by my mom. Just like, you know, finish every race that you're in and they know I just helped him up it's like hey man it's cool and then we just literally I was just like let's just jog it in might as well just jog it in finish the race call it a day because our race isn't over it's like we still have a little bit of the race to finish so let's just finish it so that's literally how I just took it I was like let's just go inside and finish the race and hey that's what happened it happens so that was that was the end of your Olympic experience for this year or last yes. year. I guess yeah. I guess it was well, this year. year. Still this year, yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy? It feels yeah. like I mean I wasn't there, but it just feels like so long ago. Yet at the same time, it was just months ago. Yeah. Um. What did you learn as your first uh, time being an Olympian and and being a part of that experience that you can take with you for you know the World Championships team that you're trying to make and the next time you try to make an Olympic team. I mean, I know I've said this like multiple times, like, you know, learning and everything, but it's that I think like even different stages of your life, you still go through it, even though you learned it in different stages. So I feel like you still go through it. And one of the biggest takeaways is that like, I belong there. Mm, that's I so don't, good. I don't like just because it was, uh, you know, different runners, different people, like, you know, across the world 
first time racing people across the world, it doesn't mean that I didn't belong. Like at at first it felt a little overwhelming because it's like, oh, these are different people, you know, these aren't the people I was just racing, you know, (laughs) are seen, you know. But as I talked to most of these people, it was like, I belong here and I'm going to do everything I can to get back here. Okay, this might be a silly question, but have you signed with a company? I have signed with a company. But you haven't announced it? I haven't announced it yet, no. Okay, so that's not a super silly question. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like we're, we're working through the whole signing thing. So it's like I've signed, but not, it hasn't okay. processed. Okay, yeah. well, we, we will, we'll be looking forward to hearing that announcement when it comes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, like for the for the signing, uh, I might okay. There's a couple things. Um, I, I might as well just get it out now. Um, I was going to make a short animation for my signing. Oh, um, cool! That was my plan. That was my plan. But um, you know, making animation by yourself is really hard. So I might like the re- like revealing like who I signed with is probably already out there. You know. So you might hear it before, like, I make an actual reveal. So just letting know beforehand. Or if I don't, if I feel like I don't like the animation that I made, then I just might just do a regular video where it's just like, you know, something simple. But either, either way, that's, that's the, it's going through my head right now. Um, what was important to you with finding a company to sign with? What were the important things that you looked for? Well the important thing that I was looking for was uh, support. Honestly, I just wanted to be able to continue to do this and support me towards also um, my next goals in life, which is animation. So that was my biggest thing. I just needed that type of support leading me in that direction to where like, it's not just about running. It's also Mm. about my future as well. That's so cool. I love that you can see like both and, and, and pursue both pieces of, of your like career path, right? Like not have to put the animation thing on hold while you're pursuing running at the highest level. Yeah. That's so Definitely. cool. Yeah. You're in a unique situation. Cause I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's not a whole lot of people that run in the Olympics that are ran in the trials in their like college uniform, you know, like most people (laughs) are running in their professional gear at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like, even, even at nationals, I was the first, uh, first person for USC to win the 800 meter ever. So So I was kind of like, wow, I I didn't even know, like there, I was the first person in this event to even win this race. And it was just like so many firsts were happening at the same time. Yeah, and then you also broke the school record. Was that held by Dwayne Solomon? Um, I think so. I think it was held by him. Okay. I actually not, interviewed yeah. him right after he retired. So that's fun. I got two 800-meter guys from USC on the show. Oh, yeah. I actually He uh, came up to the school, and I got to talk to him. It was really cool. Yeah. What did you learn from guys like Dwayne who have – been there done that like what are you when you talk to someone like that who's like moved on to the next point in their life Mm -hmm. like he's retired what are you looking to learn from someone like that um I think especially from someone retired is like how how it is honestly like I mean I know my journey is going to be a big difference than his because it's my life but you can also get some insight on like how the whole 
racing is and like going through the years and like what was the hardest things he went through and what was things he did what was difficult for him or what was good for him and stuff like that as a whole because it was just like it's a different it's a different journey but it can also help so also I'm just looking for any help possible from somebody who's already been through it is super uh helpful well I can already tell you that based on like the words I hear from you and I mean, you should a be go ahead and put motivational speaker on your list as well. Animation <laughs> artist, motivational, yeah, motivational speaker, speaker. <laughs> Olympian and the 800 you know, my meters. mom really wants me to do that. Does she? Speaking. She really wants me to do motivational speaking. Mom knows, man. Mom knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm just thinking like, you know, of the kid who's 18 watching you make that Olympic team and hearing you talk about, all these pieces that were a part of that, like the joy, the process and how that can really change how they view their, you know, training and, and goals. So you're, you're helping people right now, whether you realize it or not. Oh, thank you. Oh man. That's, that's all I want to do. Just help as much as I can be the hero that I can. Hey everybody, a quick break here. Listen, come run the Donna Marathon with me. I'm doing the half marathon. It is the weekend of February 6th in Jacksonville, Florida. Starts and finishes on the beach. It is a wonderful weekend where we come together to support the Donna Foundation, which helps people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. The Donna Foundation also supports groundbreaking research. This is an incredible organization I've had the opportunity to work with for years. We are going to have a super fun meetup on Saturday, February 5th, around lunchtime in Jacksonville. So anybody who's down there in town for the race, the actual half marathon and marathon is Sunday, February 6th. But we're going to have a big meetup on Saturday, February 5th, and I would love to get to know you all. This is a great time of year to escape down to Florida and just be a part of an event that's really full of celebration and It's just such an uplifting weekend. We have so much fun every single year. Uh, You all can go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code ANOTHER10 for 10% off any of their races. There's also a 5K that weekend. There's a fun kids run that Saturday as well. So many events for everybody in your family. And we're bringing all of our kids down there. So it'll be a really fun weekend. That's breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code ANOTHER10 for 10% off your registration. All right, friends, back to the show. So um, we'll wrap up here with some end of the podcast questions. What is something professionally or personally that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Yeah, I mean, I have so many goals, like, you know, like the ones I already said in terms of the gold medal and Oscar. Um, I want to create my own cartoon. I want to make a track cartoon. I had this great idea. Oh, that's fun. This track cartoon that's pretty, pretty cool that I feel like would, you know, inspire people. But, you know, I have to, you know, develop my art a little bit more. Um, I want to travel and run, which I get to do. Um, what else do I want to do? I want to make new rivals and have fun with my friends and compete. And I feel like I'm doing like almost doing everything that I almost want to do, you know? Um, that's really about it. I just want to make cartoons 
I might want to have my own studio one day, but that's kind of like up in the air. I mostly just want the Oscar for animation. Um, I kind of want to get into motivational speaking, maybe a little bit, but we'll, we'll see how life goes as a whole. But yeah, that's, that's really mostly what I want to do. What are you doing when you're having the most fun with your friends? Uh, that's a good question. What am I doing? Something, something not, not that even that serious. Like some, an activity that I'm really into right now is uh Beyblading. Mm. So I we, really, we have, yeah, love, love to, you know, I have, uh, I have a crazy, and during quarantine, it was my quarantine hobby. And I just have so many now to where it's just like, I'm, I just have a lot of fun with that. And I want to continue to like, you know, play games with them. I think my biggest thing is like in some sort of form, like I love competing, you know? So I love doing different mm-hmm. things that are like competitions, whether it's playing games against them or Beyblading or, you know, even going to the beach sometimes, like when we're at the beach, we'll just end up racing, you know? And That's so cool. Yeah. I just, I like doing stuff like that. It's just fun to, you know, compete and laugh and talk about life because, I think that's what's really cool about my friends since they're a lot, a lot of them are older than me. I get to gain a lot of wisdom from them and like where they're from and like what, what they went through and everything like that. And I just love to gain wisdom from them. Um, I didn't know that Beyblading like was still popular. My kids are. Oh yeah. Oh man. There's a new series. There's a new series. It's called Beyblade burst. So there's like a new uh, form to where now you can win two ways. You can either win by spinning out or if you hit the bay hard enough, it will burst into pieces. Oh, that's like a new, yeah. a new bay. Yeah. It's like a new feature. So it's like, you can like, there's two ways to win now. And it's just the whole, whole fun thing. I'm hoping to have like, Oh, that's something. One of my goals that I'm hoping to have, I'm actually hoping to have a tournament soon. Oh, cool. A big tournament, like, in L.A., like, for, for charity, of course. But you know, mostly mostly because I want to, like, you know, play against different people, meet more people and everything like that. But me and my friends, like, we made – we actually – like I said, it was a quarantine activity. Like, I have a YouTube channel has a lot of Beyblade stuff. But we made uh, – um, out of a satellite. We took a satellite, a 60-inch satellite, and we put, like, um, vinyl wrap over it, and we turned it into a stadium. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, we have a lot of fun with that stadium. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Well, I know, like, the Beyblade theme song and all. My kids, like, oh, play that on Alexa and, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm – but they, they got really into it during quarantine, but then we haven't – they haven't, like, said boo about any of their Beyblades in months, so maybe, I, maybe I'll bring it back for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can show them my YouTube channel. I it's will. It's all about Beyblade. What's the YouTube <laughs> channel called? Uh, Lightspeed Entertainment. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Um, I saw that on your email. Awesome. Um, all right. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, the most recent book I read was Will, which was the Will Smith book. Oh, is it good? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I'm, I, I like Will Smith, so I was a fan of him. And then the best, most recent book I read, ooh, it's called The Highest Mountain. I mean, The Biggest Mountain is You. Mm. That, that was pretty good. Okay. If you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? Oh, Will Smith. Ah, there we go. Will Smith, yeah. I love Will Smith. 
Oh, I feel yeah. like I learned so much from Will Smith. If you had to pick one Will Smith movie, what's your favorite? Ooh, Hitched. Oh, I love that movie. Hitched, yeah. It's funny. I need to just put that on. That's like a good one to just right? have, have on in the background. Yeah, like, that's that's literally like, like I mean, I don't get me wrong. He does great other movies like Pursuit of Happiness. All uh-huh. those are good movies. I just feel like that movie when I was younger, I can just put that on and it would be great for like a background. Like, you totally. know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe I'll put that on in my background today. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, I was going to say, you, you mentioned the Beyblade tournament for charity. What charity? Do you have a charity you're interested in that you'd want it to be for? Uh, yes, I have uh, like two, but I'm still trying to figure out like how it would work as a whole. So I have to make sure they're able to, you know, they actually want to do this with me. But one charity that I have is in Inglewood, which is for um, schools that like have low funding as a whole in Inglewood Unified School District. And then the other one is for people who have um, eye problems like me as well, where it's like you have strabismus and people need like glasses or, you know, need patching and stuff like that. And um, just want to help in that way that like, you know, was helpful for me as well. What's the eye problems that you have? Oh, so I have strabismus in my left eye, but it's like, since I was also a preemie, like it's very, uh, it's, it's just like, I get really sensitive to light and I overuse one eye more than the other. And it causes me to get migraines. Oh, awful. Yeah. But that's why I wear the sunglasses to like minimize the light. Oh, well, it also makes you look like you're just really tough. I love sun. I love, I love the sunglass look. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Isaiah, last question. What's your last message to leave with our audience today? Okay. Last message. Oh, I got one. Good. I always preach this to the college kids now, whatever you're going through right now, there's two things I want to say about it. There might be three because, you know, I, I talk a lot, but the one thing that I want to say is somebody has been through it as well and someone's going through it as well and you're not alone. The second thing that I want to say about it is whatever's stressing you right now and it feels like the end of the world. Now, this is going to sound negative before it sounds positive. <laughs> the next thing that you're going to face is going to be a lot worse. Now, before you think like, oh my gosh, so, you know, my life is going to suck. No, the, the fact is, if you stress about this and you get through it and life throws you something else, then and you stress about that, you're just going to live your life being stressful, being stressed. You have to trust that the you in the future already knows how to deal with this situation, whether you know it or not. The you in the future has already solved it, mm. has already moved past it. So enjoy where you're at because it's better than just stressing about where you're at. It's better than just stressing because you're just going to stress because there's more. Of course, everybody, like I said, you're not alone. People are going through the same things and there's going to be more things that pile on what you're going through. But if you stress about it, then you're just going to stress your whole life away. And you're going to realize, wow, I made it through all this, but in reality, I stressed through all of it. So I didn't even get to enjoy the important part, which was that journey of not knowing. Mm. So enjoy that moment because at the end of the day, like these moments are what makes 
passing the walls even better. Like you're going to be like, wow, I passed that wall. And I actually was okay during that whole time. I didn't stress myself out. I actually did it. Like it will feel more like you did it once you do that. Yeah. That's really something to think about this morning. My five-year-old was like, mom, why do we have to die? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Which by the way, getting way more, I'm fielding way more death questions than I ever imagined I would as a parent with kids this young. And I said, you know, I didn't really know what to say, but I said, you know, I think that's not something you need to worry about right now. And also I think we should just focus on living right now. Like just focus today on like living a happy life and enjoying what you're doing and being a good human. Like I just, I just like, and I, and I was, I said, I thought I need to preach this to myself. Right. Cause we all have worries about that kind of stuff. Like it pops up, but I'm just like, let's focus on living. And it just resonates with me with what you're, what you're saying, like living through that stress. Yeah. And a perfect, like I was talking to Anna about this. I don't know if you know, Anna Cockrell, um, she, she's a 400 hurdler. Okay. But I was talking about this, like, even if, like, you know, you hear this message and you're like, oh, gosh, but I don't know how to stop stressing. Mm. Well, like, how I like to think about it is, like, you know, I, I mean, you're, I'm sure you have five-year-olds, so you, you know about this, too, as well. When they're afraid of the dark, when you're afraid of the dark, you create these different things in your mind. Like, there's something there. There's, you know, um, something under my bed. There's something in the closet or something like that. But in reality, like when you start hearing little things and stuff like that, it's stuff that's created in your head. It's nothing that's really there because all it is is the dark right now. And it's unknown. It is unknown. It is there. There could, could or not, not be something there. But one thing is that that's apparent is the fact that you're creating these things in your head. You're creating the stressor in your head. And if you know that like, Hey, there could be something there. It could not be something there. But I'm going to decide to sleep because I'm tired and I want to be to peace. That's something that yeah, like, I, I feel like it should be taken about like life. Like, hey, this is dark. And I've never been in this darkness before, you know, without the light on. But I know that I want to sleep or I know that I want peace or I know that I want fun. So I'm going to choose not to let my thoughts create mm. what's in this darkness rather than just seeing it for what it is. And that's darkness and unknown. And that's something about life. We, we don't know. It's unknown. Wow. Y'all have something to think about today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry for answering. I love it. So good. Isaiah, um, thank you so, so much for your time. I'm, I can't wait to, A, hear who you signed with, but more importantly, um, see what you do next, like on the track with your animation, all the things. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We will miss seeing you next week. However, I'm excited to take a break week, and I hope that you can take some time as well. Big thanks to Isaiah for coming on the show. You all can find Isaiah on Instagram. He is IJLightSpeed on Instagram. Make sure you reach out and let him know how much you loved hearing from him and give him a follow. He's going to be one to continue to watch. You can find me personally on Instagram. I would love to connect with you there. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram. 
You can find this podcast network on Instagram. We're Sandy Boy Productions over there. We've got a brand new website, sandyboyproductions.com. Would love to have you check out the new site and snoop around and see what other shows we have to offer in the network. If you loved this episode, don't forget to leave us a quick rating and review so that potential new listeners can find us. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you for hanging out with me in 2021. I'm looking forward to many more podcasts than 2022. And uh, I couldn't do this without you all listening. So thank you so much. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And I will see you in two weeks. Happy holidays.